This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of Bucky's Fifth Podcast. This is Jake Okorowski here in Madison, freezing. Uh, some snow came by my back, sore from shoveling. I'm sure some of you that are listening feel the same way, and I'm here on the west side of Madison. Um, we're going to be doing just a really just a broad topic of, of basketball, right? I told you guys last week we're going to do this, you know, coming up later this week. We're going to have some football recruiting talk. Uh, Cole Dakovich, the 2020 outside linebacker slash tight end. We'll, you know, we had a conversation with him on Sunday. We'll play that interview uh, and kind of make it a topical conversation with this podcast. Before we go to the SB Nation Team Brands Network uh, coming up probably in the next week or so, uh, we'll tell you more when that comes to pass. But we'll have a, a recruiting podcast coming up uh, later this week and definitely talking with uh, Cole Dakovich, uh, the Wisconsin 2020 commit, one of five in-state commits, six overall for the Wisconsin Badgers in the next recruiting cycle. But we're not here to talk about football. We're here to talk about basketball and kind of know this gentleman for, gosh, it's uh, going on a couple of years now. And you may see him uh, at home games, uh, not just for the Wisconsin Badgers basketball team, but the Milwaukee Bucks. He covers the Milwaukee Bucks there. Uh, president and editor in chief of Scotty Sports Talk, uh, one of my favorite organizations to talk with. Uh, you, you, I've had you know guys like Zach, Ro- Ro- you know Zach Rosen, uh, Margaret Natchek, Nick Olson's here. Nick, the, I, I said your last name correct, man. Right? Did I get Absolutely. that right? You got it, Jake. All right, good, 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 man. Good, good talking with you. Appreciate you coming on. Especially you are a student, by the way. For those that don't know, uh, I've gotten to know Nick pretty well over the past couple of years. Uh, both football and basketball. And you know, we obviously have a mutual friend and one Kurt Hogue. Uh, shout out to uh, our good friend. And you've obviously you are our friend of mine as well. But you've covered this team for a while. I wanted you on to talk some basketball. Uh, and I mean, you take a look at your profile picture, you know, on Twitter at the real Nick Osen. That's O-S-E-N. And you're right there with right next to the March Madness logo on the court. So you, you know your basketball. I wanted you on the show. Thank you so much, Jake. It's it's always a pleasure. I'm excited to talk some Badgers basketball, especially amidst their win streak right now. That's right. I mean, you look at right now, three games, three game winning streak. We've been there for two of them in the past three day and three games. The of course the upset of then number two Michigan, and then of course the 62-46 victory over Northwestern, in which we once again witnessed uh, history with Ethan Hap's triple-double, 13 points, 12 rebounds, 11 assists. And really, uh, we'll get into more about Ethan coming up in a little bit. But, you know, Wisconsin, they lost four or five 
before that Michigan game. They almost beat Maryland. They were up was it by one after that Brad Davison three pointer with just about two yep. minutes left uh, before they uh, and, and Nate Reavers had two wide open shots with about thirty three seconds left and could not hit them. Uh, otherwise, I mean, those were wide open shots, and sometimes the focuses don't fall, especially for a second year player that already had a career high twenty two points. But I digress there because we're not talking about the losing; we're talking about how they came back and they beat Michigan at Illinois and then back home against Northwestern. Nick, right off the bat, what are you seeing with this team the past three wins? Uh, is it the the fact that they've held onto the ball well in two of the three games, uh, or have they? You know, is it? Obviously, it's Ethan Happ, uh, contributions from the backcourt. What stands out to you most? Well, I mean, it's all of those things, but I think more than anything, they're just playing to what their identity actually can be and what a lot of us thought they would be coming into the year. I mean, led by Ethan Happ, hopefully getting some shooting from the backcourt. But more than anything, they're defending. And that was shown against Michigan, Obviously, I mean, their top two leading scorers combined for, I believe, five points. They had a couple a, a couple future NBA guys struggle to even score against the Badgers here at the Cole Center. And then Illinois game early on, it wasn't perfect. You know, it was a little messy. That's what you could say would be like a little adversity game with Haps foul trouble and the turnovers. But as you mentioned, Reavers was huge. And then Northwestern. Badgers defense was incredible in that second half. And Chris Collins even talked about it a lot at his presser. I mean, he gave half a lot of props, but he said, you know, the reason that that they lost that game wasn't because of defense. They couldn't put the ball in the hoop. Not going to happen much scoring 46 points. So to me, and what I think will really drive this team coming into February and March where everything gets bigger, everything's illuminated a little more, is their team defense. And you know how much from being at these games and the pressers, how much that means to coach guard. And it's really nice to see that coming together, especially from some of the, you know, sophomores, guys like Brad Davison, Dimitri Trice, and even Aleem Ford off the bench, whose post defense was much better in that last game against Northwestern. Yeah, that's really interesting to see how, this team, you know, I mean, we were both there when you know, the, uh, Ethan was asked about the defense uh, from Jim Polzine from the Wisconsin State Journal, just talking about how you know the team's progressed and they they're still learning and developing, but there's a sense of urgency. And Demetri Trice talked about the defense and how they've kind of amped it up during practice a little bit as well. And so you're seeing the the fruits of their labor right there and then in in these games and. And it's, uh, you know, we're, we'll talk about Nebraska. We'll talk about Maryland coming up. Uh, we also have a Ty Strickland interview. We'll play between uh, talking about this winning streak and then looking ahead to the next two games. But really, you know, uh, you know, with, with Hap uh, and, you know, you and I have been there to watch two of the three triple doubles in school history, uh, which is remarkable. I mean, I've had a chance to, to watch Melvin Gordon's 400, 408 game from the press box had a chance to to watch them win Big Ten West titles, uh, you know, from the the press box there. Uh, but it, it's really interesting to see, just you know, this type of a player with Ethan Happ. You know, again, we mentioned thirteen points, twelve rebounds, eleven assists against Northwestern, uh, and in Big Ten action. And, and he didn't even have that great of a game in terms of shooting the ball. Right, he was six of fifteen, one of five from the free throw line, yeah, and yet no, he's still for, able to for put him. 
absolutely. Offensively, it was kind of an off game. Yeah, and that's what, you know, and you saw contributions from, I mean, real quick in that Northwestern game, Brad Davis and Demetric Trice, 36 combined points, 18 apiece, uh, which was a game high, uh, you know, and you have that type of consistency there. You you have, you know, that, even with like, you know, part of the reason the three-game winning streak, you know, just some of the, the play of, of uh of Nate Reavers and he had 18 against Maryland. I'm sorry. And then he had 22 points against Illinois. So, you know, you know, you see, you see those contributors there, uh, but it, it's just, you know, with, with HAP, it's, and people ask me, we do these Q and A's on SB for SB nation sites, really just what's going on with this, you know, what, what makes Ethan HAP so special? And I said, well, there, you know, he's a, I say he's a, you know, and it's what Chris Collins, the Northwestern head coach said, he's a, He's a point guard in the center or forward's body, really, right? He he can pass. He he's good in the post now, obviously, since he's a big man. Around you know, he's a big man now, and grew with that growth spurt, so he can play inside. He has those moves. His foot, you know, Michael Potter said his you know, footwork is second to none in the country. Basically, uh, it's one of those things where this is a player that for now it's going on. He's been here for five years. And he's played for four of them now or going on four after this season. Do we take him for granted? Like, I don't know if you and I, because we're members in the media necessarily take him for granted for what he does and being a player that can, you know, is averaging over, you know, five assists a game and, uh, you know, putting up these scoring and rebounding numbers. But do you feel maybe perchance others take him for granted uh, you know, maybe the fans or, you know, maybe I don't, I don't I don't think the teammate, I don't think his teammates do, but do you feel like maybe fans in general take him for granted? Jake, I absolutely do. And it's not because of like a lack of love or appreciation for his talent. I think just a lot of people, A, they kind of lost a little interest in the team last year and didn't realize how half was still putting up numbers. Because, you know, that season was a disappointment after Sweet 16s and stuff like that. But also, it's just it's tough for some college basketball fans to recognize what he's doing. Because, like you said, he's got the footwork. He's like a point guard in a big body. But he's not going to play like Zion or, like, dazzle you with, you know, big dunks, big three-pointers. But I would argue he may be the most consistent player in college basketball easily one of the most consistent that we've seen with the Badgers. I mean, I believe he's the only player in the country averaging 17, 10, and 5. This is coming from like an undersized center. He's not the biggest. He's not the most athletic, but he's so fundamentally sound. He can move you. He's got the moves down in the post. He can shake you off. And he's also, as his teammates have talked about, improved his vocal leadership as well these last couple of years since losing, you know, Nigel and Bronson and that class. So I would say some fans do. I think when he's putting up some of these numbers and the team's winning, more of them are, you know, coming to the light and seeing how impressive what he's doing really is. But I would absolutely say both Badgers fans and college basketball fans all over the country take this guy for granted, which is really tough, especially in this age where people are so focused on getting to the next level of the NBA, which I think half can get to. But, you know, people just have to enjoy the moment. And as Collins mentioned in his presser, 
enjoy this terrific one-of-a-kind college basketball player that we have right now. And I had I had the chance to actually come into school with him, so I've I've been able to watch him about every step of the way, and it's been awesome, man. And we are pretty lucky to see guys like Melvin Gordon, Frank Kaminsky, and now a legend in the making, Ethan Happ. Right. I mean, right now, currently, he leads the Big Ten in double doubles with 13. He ranks amongst the conference's top three in scoring, nearly 19 points a game, almost 10.5 rebounds per game, and then 5.2 assists per contest as well. And he's the only player in in the country with two triple doubles this season. Uh, and then he's only one of five major conference players in the last 10 years to post multiple triple doubles in a season. That's according to the Wisconsin game notes heading into their matchup tomorrow night against Nebraska. So yeah, like I said, this is a, you know, a one of a kind player, uh, but also, you know, obviously he can't do it alone. And that's uh, going into our next kind of to- topic with this winning streak contributors. We already talked about Nate Reavers. And maybe let's, let's start with him a little bit just because we talked about he only three points in 14 minutes. He got in some foul trouble early against Northwestern. Uh, but real quick about him, you saw what he did in the second half against Maryland at one point where he scored 13 eight of his 18 points in that you know second half surge, including eight straight points against the Terps there. But also you see what he did against Illinois when half was on the bench when, when there's foul trouble again uh, brewing for the Badgers on the road. And he, he takes over and has his first career trip, uh, not triple double, but double double. Uh, what, I mean, is he flat? I mean, I, and obviously we've kind of gotten some glimpses of the future with half on the bench for like a five minute stretch and a couple of those second half games. Uh, but what do you see? You know, is he, do you feel that this is, this could be, you know, he's setting himself up for a huge junior year and what he could potentially bring to this team, you know, next year without Hap uh, leading the charge. I really do. And I think it was after that Illinois game, I tweeted something about him. He, he's got the potential to be the best player on the team and an all big time performer, not just because he's got the size or the stroke. He's a great defender, but to me, he's really shown that he's up for putting in the work and looking to improve every step of the way. He's not going to talk about it as much. He's a quieter guy, you know, with the media and in press conferences, but he's shown that. He's taken a huge leap since last year. He's got the skills, and absolutely, Jake, I think he's got the talent and the work ethic to become the face of the team for these next couple years and leave the Badger front court along with Micah Potter in some pretty good hands, which is Still exciting as we watch the end of Hap's Badger career here. All right, absolutely. Uh, even though Reavers wasn't dealing with, or he was dealing with foul trouble, we we talked about it just earlier with Davison and Trice stepping up with uh, combined thirty six against Northwestern. But you're also seeing just the way that they're starting to progress in uh, this year. And I mean, let's just, I mean, overall, I got the stats right over here with just the way. Wisconsin's been playing and uh, guys like Trice where I know he's cooled off from three point range, but he's still third in the conference, 45.7% from deep Brad Davison's fifth, actually, by the way, at 43.4. So two Badgers in the backcourt are hitting more than 43% of their shots from three point range, which if you're looking for someone, if I mean, Wisconsin, I mean, they're presenting, if Wisconsin can stay hot, 
the, the you know the guard these guards you have Liam Ford as well and, and even Reavers from deep too. Uh, Wisconsin, you know, they have that pick your poison mentality. You can try to double hap if you don't have a big man like a Derek Pardon or uh, a Bruno Fernando that could take them one on one. You know, from Maryland, you. If you double them, well, then you pass out. You're going to leave someone open and available. And with the way Wisconsin passes, you're looking at the fact that they, you know, it's a pick your poison mentality. Either let Hap destroy you on the inside, or you take your chances on the outside. Uh, how have you seen Trice and Davison their abilities this year? And, and Trice coming back. I mean, but they're both coming back from injuries, for that matter. Trice with with that foot injury, Davison playing with one arm with his shoulder injury last year. How have you seen these two? especially in this, these last few games, really step up. Well, and that's been awesome to see. I mean, for any of us that have been, you know, at the practices that watch these guys last year, it's not surprising, but the consistency the last two and a half weeks has been huge because, and they talked about it at, at the press conference, it's not just about hitting the shots, but just their chemistry and their communication together has been improved. And that's huge because I was talking to some other members of the media. And if you've got that consistent outside shooting from the backcourt, you can't double half because that's literally leaving two of the best shooters in the country wide open from three, which is generally going to kill you when they're shooting that well. Plus, Reavers, you mentioned Ford, Kobe King can hit. So it's been really good to see the, I guess, return to the hot shooting. and the consistency for Trice. And I think that along with the stifling defense is what makes this team so dangerous because they've got the star and then they've got these next few guys, which have some experience. They've got the toughness. Obviously Trice was on the sweet 16 team and they all seem to really play well together and unselfishly. And when you've got that coming from your leader in the post, then bouncing out to the guys around the perimeter, even when, you know, they run the swing and it looks a little slow. When you get that open look, that's going to be huge in the Big Ten, especially when they're playing tough defense like that. So, Jake, I think it's been enormous. I think that we knew what we would get from Hap, and essentially we know what we'll get from Iverson. But when the ceilings are that high for Reavers, and the players in the backcourt, especially from long range, that can take this Badgers team pretty far. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. And you've even seen some, like, we're talking about the backcourt, uh, a Kobe King playing 31 minutes against Michigan. Uh, he had six points and five rebounds, which, I mean, I think the five rebounds were huge. I know there was one offensive rebound for sure that was that, that was significant there. But even just, uh, I know he's still growing and and iverson's there too and you've seen a couple of times too i think it was against illinois and then also northwestern where both iverson and kobe king were on the court together uh depending upon matchups there so i mean but you're starting to see that increase in minutes where he played 31 he played 15 against illinois and then uh you know half the game about 21 minutes against northwestern uh, but i'm also intrigued to see what he can do and i thought you know greg Gard referred to him during media day back in october as, as a three-level score and um, you know, he's shown flashes where you know the 14 points against Oklahoma in the Battle for Atlantis tournament. I'm really interested to see how how his development continues to to grow uh, this year, but also you're going to see it next year too uh, when you know Hap and Iverson are both gone. I think there'll be more of a, an ability for him to shine too. 
Yeah, I, I'm very excited to see that progression. I think people were ready to see some more offensive explosiveness with him coming back this year. I think part of it's been a little reluctance and hesitation due to injury. I think it's also, like you mentioned, matchups and just the fact that there are several weapons on the team now. And I think he's kind of adjusting both to Big Ten play and to not being the guy, which he obviously was by a mile in, in high school. But he's shown that he can defend on the perimeter pretty well, especially for his size. He fights hard. He's not afraid to get in and look for offensive rebounds. Like you said, that one where he got that and the kickout against Michigan was huge. And, yeah, I mean, I'm excited for the backcourt for next year as well, like you mentioned with Kobe King. But I think the Badgers right now have a solid eight, sometimes nine-man rotation. And as long as they can stay healthy, we don't need any more injuries or for guys like Trevor Anderson or anything like that. But as long as the guys can stay healthy, I think that they've got a good thing going right now. Absolutely. And, you know, right now what we'll do is uh, before we get into this week's game, uh, which is going to be coming up, obviously tomorrow night, we're recording on Monday night. This will be up late Monday night uh, into Tuesday. So I'm sure you guys will listen to it Tuesday morning, hopefully on your commutes to and from work uh, or to class for those that uh, listen to our younger uh, demographic there. But, you know, you talk about Trevor Anderson, you know, he's been out, he's out for the year. Ty Strickland comes, you know, is we thought maybe Ty would get a little bit more playing time. Uh, he had 17 against Savannah state, but that's his, his high for this season. But, you know, in about six big 10 games, he's or five big 10 games. He's played in five big 10 games, only six minutes. Uh, so, and he, you know, he capped Wisconsin scoring against Northwestern with that three pointer with about what, four seconds left on that shot clock. Uh, and I talked to him on Sunday regarding his play, his learning, uh, just his cur- learning curve, what he's doing in scout team. And there's even a guest appearance by Brad Davison talking about some wild plays he's had in practice. So here's Ty Strickland talking with me yesterday after practice here on Bucky's fifth podcast. We are here with Ty Strickland. And, and Ty, you know, I know you only got 58 seconds in against Northwestern, but you hit a three to cap Wisconsin scoring right at the end of that shot clock there. What does it feel like to, uh, at the end of the shot clock like that, to, to make a make a basket and then, you know, I mean, you don't get playing time, but you, you make a shot. How does that feel? Um, well, I mean, it probably won't happen all the time, but I know when I'm coming in the game and there's, what, a minute left, then really we most likely have the game in, in, uh, in our control, so it's more just like, See the shot clock going down. Coach Guard tells you, go get the ball. That's kind of my time to get what I – well, basically do what I do. And I was going to say with that, I, I talked to Coach Oliver earlier, and you mentioned that you know, you've seen guys like Dimitrik and Brad have that ability where late in the shot clock and having that ability to be, kind of be a backbreaker where if you yeah. play 28, 30 seconds worth of great defense and then five seconds later you're down or it's a – you know. A, just it can hurt confidence on the other side but mm-hmm. what, what and he mentioned that you have that ability as well just what goes into that type of mentality in your in your mind oh well that's just a lot of aggression like that's uh you know you see the shot clock going down and it's pretty much you and your man and you know in, in your head you have to think he can't stay in front of me 
and you know you've got to make a move, either make a play for somebody else or get your shot. I mean, when it comes to just how have you seen your yourself develop? I, mean, I talked to you a little bit during media day, which was I think late October. It's mm-hmm. we're, already, we're already in almost February. Like yeah. how how do you see yourself develop so much so far? You know, and you're, you're not red shirting now, and now you have the ability to. You know, you're playing in games and making an impact. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I, I'd say a lot of the growth has come mentally. You know, um, I've, you know, I've obviously uh, worked on my jump shot, made it a lot more consistent, tweaked some things with it. You know, but it's a lot of maintenance stuff with my game. But mentally, I've taken huge leaps. You know, just learning the uh, the system, learning when and where I can do things. Like, that's the type of stuff that I didn't have before, and now I'm starting to get it. With the mental side, is there one thing in particular that really stands out to you the way in terms of your improvement in that area like you just mentioned? Yeah, uh, I'd say, like, earlier in the year, I'd be so excited to get in the game. I'd want to do everything all at once just to show, like, oh, yeah, I can do this. But, you know, I, you know, I don't really play a whole lot, so I can't really put all that into, like, a two-minute stretch. And that's something that I've came a lot, came a far away from. Uh, just think when I get in the game, do it. Just go through the plays, go through the motions, do what you do. And at the end of the shot clock, when you do get the ball, that's when you can show what you have. When it comes to, I mean, I take it you're on a little bit of a scout team, helping prep some of the guys here and there too. I talked to Brad. You mentioned that you're one of the one of the best players on that scout team, and, and you're drawing cover, you know, defense from him and Khalil Iverson. But what goes into that preparation in terms of, you know, making your teammates better and also the, even mimicking opponents? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I, I, I'm a big basketball fan, so I'm, I'm watching all types of games, NBA, college. I've even watched high school games. So, you know, I'm able to really just see what they have and I, I like to take what they have and put into my game sometimes it's so like for the Anthony Cowan uh, or that's his name Anthony Cowan yeah. scout uh, he's really driver quick and like real silky smooth in the lane and I I took a, like a little spit uh, spin from his like from his arsenal and I used that all scout so when he got to the game when he would do it they knew it was coming oh back up I was, saying, I was just I was just talking about that, Brad, where Brad Davison's right next to Ty talking about the what was one of the wild plays, by the way, you mentioned over talking earlier. One was on me in transition. He I was on the left wing and he's on the left wing. And we have a rule to force every don't let people go baseline. And so he was going full speed and so I just jumped baseline. And instead of going baseline, he like put it behind his back, be in front of the screen. Yeah, and went all the way to the rim. <laughs> <laughs> That was gonna be one of the questions I'm gonna ask. Like you said, that you had made some wild plays. Yeah. Any others that stand out there? Oh. Um, that was one of my favorites, to be honest. <laughs> but um, I think that was Marquette Scout. I I had a couple. I had a couple good ones in there. But uh, I'd have to say, I did a spin move on Khalil for the Maryland Scout. That was. <laughs> uh, that one was nice. He went flying. <laughs> I was going to say, just, you know, uh, 
how do you uh, how do you make the most of your minute? You get in the game. I know. I think I, I checked the stats. Maybe it's like a minute for conference play, but like about four minutes overall for mm -hmm. the season. Just how do you make the most of your minutes when it comes to that? Where you know you, know, you take a shot, you know, like you did against Northwestern or others, uh, facilitating the, the ball. How, how do you make the most of it during, during that you know, limited time? Um, got to have fun. I mean, at the end of the day, yeah, it's kind of like garbage time. So it's like. It's not really going to make or break you. So it's kind of like you go out there, you can be loose, just go out and play. And it, and it gets you comfortable just being out in front of everybody. And even though that little minute that you get, it's like every single time it's a step, 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 step. And that's, that's just all it's about. I'm going to say a final question, a little bit lighter subject. You lived in Florida for a while. I lived in Florida for a while. We talked about it before we started recording, man. Mm -hmm. How are, how are you adjusting the weather? I'm still, I've been here up here for 15 years and I still haven't gotten used to this weather. Are you, have you adjusted? Um, I don't really leave my room. <laughs> 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 I, 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 I mostly stay in my room. I Uber classes. <laughs> that's, that's about it. <laughs> and again, big thanks for Ty Stricken for letting us talk with him yesterday for the podcast. And uh, we've had him on, actually we had him on the podcast when he first committed uh, back last spring. And then talked with him a little bit during media day and now got a chance to kind of break it on down there and apologies by the way if you hear a little bit of the, the pipes in the background like we had asked to do the interview that you know we we're in uh, near the the men's locker room area and of course there's some pipes going on uh, it was right after wisconsin's uh, women's basketball team had a thrilling 70 69 win over nebraska uh and a great shot for those that didn't know and really it was, uh, you know, so if you hear some of the, the background noise there, it's not feedback from, from my phone or microphone. It's actually from the coal center piping. It's not as annoying as the McLean center lights that they had replaced last spring where it was just terrible. I don't, I don't know if you remember that Nick at all. Uh, but it was a, uh, but yeah, so if, apologies for that, that kind of, um, ambient background noise there but a great talk with with ty with a, a special guest of brad davison talking about some of those moves that he puts on during practice uh but we're here with nick Oson from the you know you can find him on twitter at the real nick Oson and Oson's o-s-e-n president editor-in-chief of scotty sports talk and we're looking ahead now nick and tuesday night which will be for those listening tomorrow Tonight, uh, 7 p.m., Big Ten Network. Nebraska comes in 13 and 7, 3 and 6 in the Big Ten, have lost three in a row, five of their last seven, and they also lose Isaac Copeland Jr., their second leading scorer and rebounder. It, it, this, this game reeks of kind of desperation and a sense of urgency on Tim Miles' squad to get a win at home after losing to Ohio State. Uh, you know, this past weekend on Saturday, what are your thoughts, uh, you know, key matchups and, and I mean, do you, you feel like that sense of urgency may over, may be just too much for the Badgers to overcome on the road or, or do you think Wisconsin can get that done? So this is, it's honestly the kind of the perfect storm for a game where the Badgers might lose. Um, as a college basketball fan, I'm sad to see Copeland out because Nebraska was a team coming into the year. You know, many people had them top three, top four in the Big Ten, so much returning talent and a pretty deep squad, especially scoring-wise. Um, so that's kind of been disappointing. Copeland really hurts. So the fact 
that, you know, they're just coming off of that loss. They're losing Copeland and they're pretty tough at home. Generally, I would say the Badgers would lose that game just because there's so much kind of riding for Nebraska. But the way the Badgers are playing right now, the fact that they're defending like the Wisconsin Badgers generally do, and they're getting some consistent shooting from the backcourt, I think that as long as Khalil Iverson can try to keep Palmer under wraps, at at least a little bit, I mean, he averages nearly 20 a game, but as long as they don't have two guys, you know, exploding like that, because they've also got Roby and Glenn Watson, solid passer. I think that the Badgers take care of business. They're just, they're playing their best basketball of the season basically since, you know, late November, early December. And I think that they've got the, the moxie and the maturity to go in and get a tough road win. And yeah, Jake, I mean, we'll, we'll get into Maryland a little bit, but I see, I see the Badgers going another week without losing. That's impressive. I mean, uh, what, I mean, and I, you know, I did a Q and a with coordination. That's SB nation site that covers Nebraska. And I mean, I could see, I told them I, I could see Nebraska coming out with a decisive win. This is a team that's, you know, obviously floundered. They had a great start to the year. And by the way, they're still ranked folks 18th in Kempom. For those that like Kempom, I've started to use it more, obviously covering basketball. I like it. Uh, and, and you just look at some of the stats for that, you know, they haven't had really, I mean, the, their worst loss has come in this losing streak where, uh, now it's Rutgers is number 98. They're one number 100 earlier today. Uh, but you know, they, they've beaten a team like the best ones pretty much against an Indiana squad, according to Ken Palm, which is 43rd. That was back on the 14th of this month. Uh, but you know, they've had their losses. Uh, the worst one has been against Rutgers, which is number 98, but they've lost to, you know, Texas Tech, which is number 15. Minnesota's in the top 60 right now. They lost to Maryland and Iowa, both in the top 30. And of course, Michigan State, number three, and Ohio State's number 31. And that and currently, this is as of Monday night. So really, it, this team has is, is looked good. They're actually number 17 now, according to Ken Palm. I apologize. Uh, so really, it, this team, they have the talent and the schedule. Uh, and it has not been kind to them lately, but uh, th- this team is still really good. And uh, in my opinion, I guess, but what, what is the impact for Isaac Copeland from what you mean? We already talked about, he's the second leading scorer and rebounder for the Huskers, but real really stands out besides the 14 points and the 5.4 rebounds per game and in the 52.5% field goal shooting that, you know, what, what did he bring to Nebraska in your opinion? And, and how could Wisconsin potentially take advantage going into tomorrow night's game? That's a good call. I mean, I would definitely say you're losing the scoring, like we said, as well as just another body to kind of, how do you say, mess things up, kind of stick things around down in the post. And that's that's why it's going to be tough for the Huskers, I believe, I saw that they were starting uh, Borkart, who has been in the rotation but is not used to getting starters minutes. I think they're going to try to throw him at Ethan Happ as well as the freshman Hyman. So I think that they're losing stuff on both ends as well as there's just going to be more responsibility on James Palmer Jr. and Glenn Watson. And when you see the numbers primarily scoring for Palmer and scoring and passing for Watson – They've already got a lot on their shoulders. And like I said, 
they had the talent and the scoring ability as a team, but I'm not quite sure they've got the depth on the bench. So I think the loss is going to be a lot for them to overcome, which is tough for a team that's in a losing streak and is not doing so hot in the Big Ten. So like you said, they are a good team, and I think it's going to be a great game, but I've got the Badgers winning in a close one in Nebraska. Right, and you were correct on uh, Tanner Borchardt. Uh, yeah, Chris uh, Bassnett from uh, Huskers. Uh, yeah, was it uh, the Lincoln? Gosh, let me see what it is. Yeah, the ah, there it is. The Lincoln Journal Star. I uh, reported earlier today, uh, about a few hours ago, talking about that. So it's it's going to be really. Uh, he also said to anticipate Isaiah Roby playing some more at power forward, which will be very interesting to see how uh, Wisconsin, you know, like I said, Nebraska defends Ethan Happ, even uh, Nate Reavers for that matter, down low with, with Reavers having that inside out game. That's uh, impressive. And and you can t- see the potential going forward from there. Uh, but looking ahead then, I mean, this is a big 10 season, a couple couple, seems like a couple of games a week, right? Where nowadays uh, and, you know, three of the next four games are on the road, but the one home game coming up Friday night against Maryland, 8 p.m. on FS1. Uh, in your, I mean, and for that matter, the Terps will face Northwestern on Tuesday night, 7 p.m. as well on FS1. So if you guys want to keep switching back and forth between the two, you definitely can do that. Uh, and, and Maryland's, you know, 23rd in Ken Palm as of this recording. And do you think, and obviously that. 15 points in the first half. You hope that's an aberration, a second aberration from what Wisconsin's used to, even though they only scored 14 against Minnesota a couple of games before that. Do you think, you know, Maryland who lost to Illinois at Madison Square Garden on Saturday, do you think the Badgers can overcome Bruno Fernando uh, in the Terps? And, and like I said, I, I know you said that they th- – you feel that they'll go this week undefeated, but what, what stands out that makes you feel that way against the Terps? So a couple things. And I just want to say with it being a Friday night game on national TV, other than maybe the Michigan game, I'm not sure I've been more excited to attend and cover a game this year for the Badgers more than this Maryland game. Um, I do think the Badgers win, like you said, I just I feel like on a com- competition level, guys like Ethan Happ and Brad Davison, I don't think they're going to let themselves have a first-half performance like they did against Minnesota, against Maryland. And the thing about Maryland is they're oozing with talent. Anthony Cowan, Bruno Fernando, future NBA guy, and Jalen Smith as well, who had a pretty nice game against the Badgers the first time. But they also don't have a ton of depth. They don't run that deep. They tend to turn it over, and they are very undisciplined and inconsistent compared to how the Badgers have been playing. So I give those edges to Wisconsin and that defense. I don't think, although he's a great player, I don't think Cowan gets over 20 again. Fernando might have a better game. He didn't do great when it was at Maryland. But I feel like the Badgers' defense, the fact that it's going to be at home, and the fact that they – they played so poorly in that first half, they actually had the lead and then just couldn't quite close when it was at Maryland. I think that's all going to factor into this college basketball game. And I think, again, I mean, as you mentioned, it seems like two games a week in the Big Ten. So many are so tight with the Big Ten so good this year. 
possibly getting nine or ten teams into the tournament. But I think for those reasons, primarily the defense and the location of the game, I've got the Badgers in a close one. Maryland will likely try to push the tempo a little bit compared to how the Badgers like to run. But, yeah, I've got Wisconsin taking that one and the Badgers improving to 16-6 and after this week. Impressive after such a, a rough stretch that they had after, you know, started with the Western Kentucky loss on the road and then uh, filtered through uh, for, you know, uh, against Minnesota. And yeah, they beat Penn state, but then uh, losing to the, you know, the likes of, of Purdue, like they did in overtime and uh, Maryland on the road. And now you see them starting to flourish. Uh, and if that continues, you know, this team could really, uh, you know, I was asked on the Bill Michael show last week about it and, you know, they have a chance to, and Nebraska, like I said, this is the big game, I think, for them to kind of to obviously extend that winning streak, but have, uh, you know, Ken Palm right now predicts a loss for them. And if they have that ability to get that road win against a team that's, you know, obviously, like I said, number 17 in that in that rating, I mean, that only improves their their road record. It gives their another another quality win. And uh, it goes, you know, it, it goes so far. And then they beat Minnesota on the road, you know, on the six, that that's a six game winning streak going into Michigan. And I know Michigan, I'm number five, Michigan. I know that they're probably Wolverines are, you know, wanting to exact some revenge after that loss where they could have been vaulted in number one. And obviously polls don't really matter, uh, but it's still a, a loss for Michigan and, and they'll be up there come tournament time uh, outside of any weird circumstances. But, but uh, I mean, this could be a huge, I mean, if they win six in a row, I mean, that helps really lessen that blow of that tough streak. Uh, and it could take them into the next, you know, take them, you know, they have Michigan and Michigan state uh, coming up after Maryland and Minnesota. But let me ask you, you know, you and I talked about this before, Nick, what's the ceiling for this team? Well, we're, you know, we've seen the low with the four of the five losing streak there. We've seen, three game winning streak and then their non-conference play for the most part uh, outside of, you know, maybe the loss to Marquette where they should have won. Uh, I'd say Western Kentucky, you can argue that as well. Uh, but when you hit two thirds of your shots, like Western Kentucky did uh, and you can blame the Wisconsin defense for that matter. But uh, I would say the Marquette loss maybe stung a little bit more because they had that game and they could have won that game. What's the ceiling of this team? So coming into the year, I sat around the Sweet 16, and there was a stretch, like you said, where that didn't look great. They didn't look like a tournament team. Now, you know, they're back in the rankings playing Badgers basketball. I feel better about that. I was actually just talking to our buddy Kurt Hogue about this today. A lot of people, a lot of people might think this is crazy. But because of, in about 95% of the games, you're going to have the best player on the floor. You've got a solid, talented backcourt that plays well together and can hit shots. You've got good defenders and starting to pick up some more depth. I could see this team being one of the last eight remaining in the country. Wow. Yeah, no. The sad thing is with their style of play and inconsistent shooting, they're also a team that could lose, you know, their first or second tournament game. But 
based on how battle-tested the Big Ten is, how we've seen them play at their best the last couple weeks, and you asked what their ceiling? Yeah, I would say end of the second weekend around an Elite Eight team. I truly would. You you know, Nick, I I see where you're at there, and I see prediction. I can see that too. I'm interested in seeing how this team – really progresses throughout the rest of the season. I mean, and I'm not trying to like depend upon Ken Palm that much, but uh, outside of right now, they're predicting a loss to Nebraska, but they predict losses to Michigan and Michigan state. The latter that the, the, those two for Michigan state's at home at the Cole center, but we'll see how that you've seen what happens against Michigan at the Cole center, just a week, you know, just over a week ago with that upset. But they're predicted to win the rest of the games. Uh, but I think they could be a top four, top five team in the conference. And you you mentioned how they're battle tested. You've seen, you know, Rutgers give them a little bit of a run here back in December. Uh, you've seen just how Illinois played. They played tough too. And then Illinois upsets Maryland at Madison Square Garden. This is a tough conference. And uh, what we'll see, you know, this team will be battle tested heading into the NCAA tournament. Granted, if they don't lose the next you know, however many games they lose out the rest of the year, uh, but they should be in the tournament. And, and like, but you mentioned it too. I'm wondering, can they keep it up? You've seen those little cracks in this team. This team's not perfect, obviously, right? This isn't uh, a senior led team outside of HAP. Uh, you have Brad Davison and Demetric Trice, both uh, second, third year players, respectively. You have an emerging sophomore, true sophomore, and Nate Reavers. Uh, and you also see like a kid like, Kobe King, who has that ability to score, but maybe isn't it, you know, he's not getting the minutes uh, because of Iverson or others. They're, the pieces are there, but you're also seeing just some, some bad shooting here and there. Uh, you saw in that losing streak, the 14, 15 points in, in the first half. Uh, but, uh, and then turnovers here and there, they, they're one of the best teams in the nation in not turning the ball over, but when they've lost or put themselves in trouble, it has been because of, uh, that with Purdue, 17 turnovers against uh, the Boilermakers in that overtime loss at the Cole Center. And then you know, I think it was Ethan Happ was credited with nine of those. But then also against Illinois, they almost they could have lost that game. Uh, with They had nine turnovers in that first half, and they had like five alone in that first 407 of the first half there. So it, you know, like you, you see that. You, I think you, meant, you, you mentioned it. You know, this team could, I, I think they have that ability that they could go in to that second weekend. Uh, and I think they can make some noise, potentially get to the Elite Eight. After that, I mean, I think you're playing with, you know, uh, just with house money there and, and, and seeing where this team could go. But uh, it could be just another, you know, I think this team for sure has the ability to make it to the Sweet 16. Uh, but I could also see them just having a, an off day shooting. And next thing you know, they could get bounced in the first weekend too. So uh, obviously there's a lot to be, there's still a lot more season to be played and, a lot more to be decided, but uh, I think there's a lot to be excited about this Wisconsin team, especially how they've bounced back from from that you know that rough slump they had re- earlier. I completely agree with you, and and like I kind of mentioned, the the good thing about their style, as long as they're defending and playing their game, then they can generally play with anybody. The bad part is when they're not hitting. Yeah, they could lose to just about anybody because they're not a high scoring team they're not always the best shooting team and it's just 
it's a lot to kind of see how it goes. But as you mentioned, they'll be battle-tested both going into the NCAA tournament as well as heading into the Big Ten tournament because there will be just so much talent and so many good teams there in Chicago. Absolutely. Yeah, it's going to be fun. I know you and I will be there for the rest of the season covering this team. Uh, Nick, where can people find you? What you got going on over at uh, Scotty Sports Talk? Thank you so much, Jake. So, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at the real Nick Osen, O-S-E-N. Obviously, Badgers are playing well right now. We've got uh, recaps, some previews, and takeaways after every game with quotes and pressers. We've got a couple features, myself and my partner, Alex Schmitz, coming up in the next week and a half. And I will certainly be in Chicago for the Big Ten tournament and likely at the NCAAs as long as the Badgers make it. So a lot of good stuff going on with this team and Scotty Sports Talk. I really enjoyed this podcast, and I appreciate you having me on, Jake. Hey, my pleasure, man. We'll, have you, we'll make sure once we uh, – for those that don't didn't listen to, to last week's show – you know, we're going to be heading over to the SB Nation team brands. We'll let you know how to subscribe to that new podcast. Really, not, none of the formats changing for that matter. Uh, we'll probably still keep the Bucky, Bucky's fifth podcast name, uh, but Owen Reese and I will be doing the weekly show there. Probably a couple times a week we'll do it, uh, at least while basketball is going on, because uh, then spring football is going to be coming up. It's going to be a really busy time for us there. But you guys will enjoy that. And, and Nick, we'll make sure we get you back on as one of our guests, man. Your, your knowledge, your youth, you, you got a lot of great things going on. We, you take a look at that Twitter profile. You know that you've, you've had your internships too, man. We're excited for what you're going to bring uh, to the sports broadcasting world, sports journalism world coming up, brother. Thank you so much, Jake. That means a lot, my man. I've enjoyed working with you, and I will see you soon, brother. Sounds good. Hey, that's Nick Osen from Scotty Sports Talk. We're going to wrap it up. Big thanks to Ty Strickland for letting us speak with him here on Bucky's Fifth Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at B5Q, me at B5Q. You have, of course, the real Nick Osen, O-S-E-N, our guest on today's show, and like us on Facebook as well. Check out our Instagram page. I'll be posting up some pictures from Saturday night's win coming up later tonight as well uh, in this week. And then, of course, tune in to Bucky's Fifth Quarter for all your Wisconsin Badgers news notes and insights and probably some dad jokes on my end as well. But for Nick Osen, Ty Strickland, I'm Jake Kokorowski. Tune in later this week, a B5 Cruton edition of Bucky's Fifth Podcast.